Greetings, Hempster. Thank you for tuning in to another hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio. Hemp entrepreneurs and hemp companies around the world struggle to market and sell their products, but it doesn't have to be that way. At hempaware.com, we provide strategic digital marketing and branding so that hemp companies and entrepreneurs can transform the world with their hemp products and services and transform the planet in a way that supports all life. So if you're struggling to get traffic to your website or convert that traffic into ongoing sales, or if you're needing help with your website or marketing in any way, visit hempaware.com and check out some of the valuable free resources we have for hemp entrepreneurs and companies. So on today's show, I'm excited to introduce you to Hempwave Foods and their visionary founder, Carla Boyd, who has put her blood, sweat, and tears into making an amazing hemp company that provides these high-quality yeah. hemp-based burgers. So whether you're an individual, a family, or maybe you own a, a small health food store or a hemp boutique shop, whatever it is that you do with hemp, there's definitely a way for you to integrate these burgers into your lifestyle or your company. And so Hempway Foods is based out of Evergreen, Colorado, and uh, Carla Boyd is the visionary of this brand. She established it back in 2014, and she's here to serve those requiring enhanced plant-based nutrition. So in just a moment, we'll get into her story, what inspired her to create Hempway Foods, and some of the business and marketing tips that she has to offer other hemp entrepreneurs and companies just like yours that are wanting to take their hemp business to the next level. And it's just been far too long since cannabis and hemp was known for what it really is, an essential solution for food, homes, clothing, plastics, fuel, medicine, and so much more. So if you're ready to take your hemp consumption to the next level, you're going to love this hemp episode today. So without further ado, welcome aboard, Carla. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be included on the show. Right on. So let's maybe share with our listeners that don't know Hempway Foods or your backstory, a little bit about your background and areas of expertise, and then what led you up to getting into the hemp industry? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I've been kind of an advocate for hemp um, slash you know, the cannabis plant in general for many years. I started um, more on the THC side of advocacy back in um, 2009. And then I fell in love with the hemp plant in general, um, just learning about the nutritional aspects and then just everything that it can do. You know, you, you are what you eat. Um, so I kind of, you know, I, I jumped into the hemp advocacy piece around 2011. Um, helped a couple of different organizations. We um, we actually ordered ourselves in this group um, the hemp seeds because in 2011 you could farm hemp, but you could not order. You know, it, the seeds could not come from out of Colorado. So those are some of the things that we ordered it, and then we kind of distributed them. Through to uh, to several of the farmers, you know, all over the state of Colorado, we traveled around and did some education pieces. But you know, even then, I didn't quite understand the whole aspect of food. You know, I, I knew hemp could be clothing, um, obviously rope, 
uh, mm-hmm. paper, you know, those types of things. I, but I dove in and really started, you know, learning the true aspects of hemp and then just everything that it really had to offer. And one of the things I felt that was being so underutilized is the nutritional piece. I mean, hemp is, it's a pure plant protein. It's got all known 20 amino acids. It's actually one of the uh, food, one of the few foods with Ediston in it, which is a uh, anti-globulin protein, um, like a natural antibiotic. And I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I was like, why aren't we looking at this more? I was having some nutritional issues. And so I just kind of dove in and started cooking. I'm Southern. I'm not necessarily a trained chef, but after um, almost 10 years, I've kind of become my own. I consider myself a hemp chef. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just dove in, started playing around with recipes. At first I wanted to do like a hemp falafel. And then I realized that frying hemp, (laughs) I was taking the nutritional aspect out of it. So Mm -hmm. like I, I wanted to keep it clean. So I created the veggie burger and uh, my neighbor was so amazing. I would literally like every other day I would take her over A, B, C, D, sometimes six different versions. Who knew? Um, She she would critique each different version. And then um, Hempway Foods was born February 11th, 2014. We started, I actually, our very first store was a, uh, it was actually a grow shop in Conifer. It's no longer, it's now a, bar but it was uh, like a little grow shop that they had a uh, small restaurant in and then from Mm -hmm. there we grew into small restaurants you know in evergreen and then grocery stores around colorado and then so yeah and then kind of the rest is history of what we've been doing for the last almost 10 years now that's awesome so there was one thing that I wanted to mention because you you said Ediston was one of the amino acids in hemp and just a kind of little fun fact. But when I learned that there was Ediston in hemp as one of the amino acids, I am an etymologist. So I look up the origins of words and the meaning and definitions of words as I'm super passionate about. And I found out that the word Ediston has the same origin as the word edible. So when something has Ediston in it, it makes it more edible meaning it assists yeah. with the digestive process and helps break down other nutrients that you're consuming it with. So I thought that was really fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, in layman's terms, I like to call hemp an uptake. A lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of people that are into farming and growing, they understand that, you know, so kind of like what you're talking about, that's the compliment that Edison gives it in simplified terms. You can say it's an uptake. If you think of the plant world, mm-hmm. you know, how, you know, certain, uptake with plant nutrients this is our body nutrient right that's cool yeah so you you could have done a falafel you could have done other hemp products other food products or fiber products what was it in particular that drew you to wanting to do a a plant-based burger was there something a, a problem a challenge or something that you were like you know what I'm going to do this. Or was there something in particular about making a hemp burger that interested you most? Well, you know, I was looking in the freezer aisle, you know, and freezer food has actually gotten a bad rap. Um, 
I'll actually buy a frozen food product before I'll eat something out of a can. But anyway, um, <laughs> I think in the last 10 years, we've just like become so anti-frozen food. And it's like, wait a minute, actually, frozen food is like the next best thing to fresh if it's frozen properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the right ingredients. But uh, no, anyway, so I started looking in the frozen food aisle for veggie burgers, just trying to look for different protein alternatives. and. I, I don't eat gluten. I don't eat corn. I stay away from soy. I, and I don't do dairy. And I have to tell you, th- I mean, this was back in 2014, but there wasn't a single item on the shelf that met all those qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, there's still a few, but they're very few and far in between. And you know, I didn't want anything that looked like fake meat. I didn't want it to taste like meat. It, it's mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm personally not into this cell-based um, meat analog that's going on right now. Yeah. Um, I'm a firm believer in pure whole food nutrition. So that was just a huge aspect for me. I didn't want fillers. I didn't want gums. I wanted something where the ingredients were the emulsifiers. The ingredients were the preservatives. Um, I did a ton of research. I mean, just dug in and each individual ingredient in our product is in there for very specific nutritional meaning. Um, Mm. And so, yeah, I just felt that there was a huge lack of allergen friendly plant-based foods. You know, and again, I wasn't trying to make it a meat, you know, necessarily replacement. It's it's, most of my customers, I would probably say do eat limited amount of meat. But this is like their Taco Tuesday, their Meatless Monday. Mm -hmm. It it gives them amazing nutrition and they just don't necessarily have to eat, you know, miss the meat per se. Yeah, that's awesome. Which leads me right into my next question, kind of getting deeper into the ingredients that you're using and, and the different flavors that you've got going. You have a couple different products on your product line. Tell us a little bit more about that. So yeah, our line is actually pretty standard. I would I'd like to diversify it a little bit in the future, but right now we have a I call it the OG burger. It's our classic. It was our first formulation: hemp, lentils, organic brown rice, flax, chia, garlic, pepper, salt, spice, psyllium husk. Um, mm. The burger and the crumble are exactly the same. The only difference is one's loose and one's formed. So the crumble's great for tacos burritos, you know, anything you'd use a ground meat bar, but it's easy to crumble up the burger as well. And then in 2019, we created the uh, Italian sausage. Mm. So they're small, uh, little one ounce mini sausages. The main difference in those between the burger is just the fennel and Italian seasoning. But I kind of, I call uh, hemp a chameleon because hemp really takes on the flavors that you pair it with. Mm -hmm. So you know, because I've had a few chefs um, over the restaurants I'm in, they're like, well, you know, we don't really want to carry both because they're they're the same. And I'm like, no, taste. And I've had people go, no, this isn't the same product. I'm like, yeah, it actually is. But mm-hmm. the hemp just really takes on the fennel and the Italian seasoning, and it just kind of explodes and make it makes it seem like a completely different product. So those are our three main. Um, I've got a few other things in the back burner. Maybe in a year or so we'll launch, but. I try to keep it really simple, 
and not too big for now because when you bootstrap, you really have to watch out for those um, extenuating expenses and yeah. multiple lines can be a can be a financial burden. Yeah, it can suck the the fuel out of your your engine. So, yeah. yeah, that's good. Just stay focused on what's working and keep pouring your energy and time into that. Um, so that's great. So the the main three products are the the OG Burger classic kind of flavor, and then the side product to that would be the crumble which is just a different form factor but same flavor profile and then you've got Mm -hmm. the italian sausage sounds amazing and i I totally agree that you know hemp i love that you say it's a chameleon type product because uh if you look on the market nowadays you've got hemp ice cream you've got hemp tofu hemp milks and so you can make it savory sweet sour what you know you can culture it in yogurts like there's just so much potential for hemp as as a base nutrient for the essential fats and and those proteins to boost up whatever it is that you're making so i i like i like that new term chameleon i'll use that for sure yeah definitely so why do you feel hemp is such an essential solution? You mentioned the 20 amino acids, so we know the nutritional benefits, but just hemp in general as a plant, as a source for plastics and clothing and, and building materials. I mean, we know there's so many things that hemp can be made into, but why do you feel hemp is such an essential solution to creating a healthier, happier world? Well, I mean, exactly what you said. And hemp is, it's just an amazing product. It can be, it can house us, it can clothe us, and it can feed us. It can also be our medicine in the sense that food, you know, we are what we eat. If you're eating properly, you don't necessarily need, I mean, yes, some people will always need it. But when you eat properly, you typically are a healthier individual. Mm-hmm. And so you can be a healthier human when you eat properly. So I like to, you know, include the whole medicinal aspect as well, just mm-hmm. for the whole being of you are what you eat. Food mm-hmm. is medicine. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just hemp can, like I said, it can do so many things for us. You know, it takes toxins out of the sky. It recycles them, cleans them in the stalk. It takes toxins from the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can do so much. I mean, animal feed, I, it's so disappointing. We lost animal feed this year in the farm bill because there's just so much this can do just can you imagine if we were and I, I know we're talking about a veggie burger but think about people eating pork and beef um and things like that where the, the animals are eating the hemp you know mm-hmm. that aspect i mean that's that's really full circle so hemp has the potential to I, you know I, I know it's a little far-fetched in some ways but it really isn't if we all get behind it but hemp can really save slash change our world we don't have to be so dependent on plastics and petroleum and things like that but the problem is hemp can't do all this for us we have to do it too mm-hmm. so if we don't get behind it you know i mean sometimes i feel like everybody's just kind of sitting around and waiting for it to happen but mm-hmm. That's not how it works. Yeah. You can't just sit back and wait for it to happen. You have to do. Mm-hmm. And when we all do, we can all benefit. Exactly. No, I um, totally and agree. And I feel like having a, a hemp business, being a hemp entrepreneur, is possibly the most powerful way to create change in the world that you want to see. Because obviously, 
money is what makes everything work. Our, our economies, you know, are, are fueled by different raw materials and, and resources. But the fact that hemp can create jobs and like we already discussed, our homes, like it, it could literally influence and be integrated into almost every single industry, every aspect of our lives. But it, it's up to us to, to make those changes. And th- that's exactly why we have this show to, to raise awareness, because that's the first step. But once you're aware, the next step is to take action. And that's you know, what we're talking about today, which kind of leads me into the next section of our, our discussion, getting more into the business side of things and marketing and maybe some of the challenges that you've experienced. What what would you say are some of the biggest challenges being a hemp company and building a, a brand that you've had to go through? And, and how have you been able to overcome those challenges or what have you been applying to, to get through it all? Oh, you know, there's a couple of aspects on owning a hemp business. On the food aspect, I've got two categories against me almost. Being a hemp veggie burger, a the plant-based market investors have left left and right. Everybody says the plant-based market is on the decline. That's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. I, impossible and Beyond came in and really increased the numbers to where artificially, so now it makes the industry look like it's at a loss. But the industry is actually not at a loss at all. It's continually growing and it's only going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. But again, um, the the numbers were just very artificially inflated by both impossible and beyond. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, Hemp Way Foods has been up against those two aspects with the hemp industry taking a decline um, due to the, you know, the CBD market being in decline over the last couple of years. So, you know, investors kind of left that realm as well. So it kind of left Hempway Foods going, where do we look for investors? Um, the food world is kind of turning their back on plant-based and, and you know, the venture capitalist world. Um, and in the hemp investor world, they all think it's wrapped in the CBD. I mean, I can't even, I wish I had a dollar for every time a CBD company called me and asked me to infuse my food. Um, right. So it just, you know, and not that I'm against CBD by any means. I'm not. It's just um, yeah, oversaturated. Yes, the saturation of it. I, I will tell you, the saturation of the CBD world hurt the hemp food. And I think I know two different people in the hemp food world, and they would probably more than state my point mm-hmm. on that. You know, and it's not necessarily to knock the CBD world by any means. It's just uh, I think we would be we'd be a lot further along if we weren't facing some of those challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it's just just part of the industry. It's been a learning curve. Um, it just you know, I've learned I've learned a lot. I've learned to not count my chickens before they hatch, and uh, just to spend less. Um, Mm -hmm. I took a launch that I should have taken in the Southern California and it ended up being quite a costly venture. Um, if I would have just stayed in Colorado, I wouldn't have lost a few pallets of food, so to speak. So you just got to be careful Mm -hmm. on your growth. You got to really know your market and just understand your market better than honestly better than what most normal food companies need to understand mm-hmm. the market just because, you know, there's just a couple of different aspects that we're up against as far as stigma and things like that. Definitely. Yeah. There's that 
miseducation or still the the reefer madness residual mindset and people not understanding the difference between CBD or hemp as a, as a nutritional seed product. So you're, you're absolutely right. The education is the foundation and to kind of rephrase what you said, you feel that it's important to, to stay focused, not kind of spread too wide or try to grow too fast. Or if you do start growing really fast to be really careful not to overspend and, and really just manage that growth and so so that you don't kind of implode or explode or however you might say it, outspend your your growth, which can easily happen. That's one of the biggest downfalls of companies is not making enough sales, but not not keeping what they're making. So that, that's really good insight. And so as far as your marketing strategy or some of the methods that you've been using over the years to get sales, what have you applied to your business? Like as, as far as marketing or, or sales or just different strategies that you're applying? You know, a lot of what I've done is I've used the media to my benefit. Uh, we've gotten, we've actually gotten quite a lot of coverage that, you know, I've never had to pay for, you know, being on uh, CBS News, ABC News, um, thinking of hooks, thinking of unique storylines, how your company helps the local market, what's unique. Um, give If you can give them the hook, it makes all the difference in the world of getting your story featured. I do a lot of sponsorships. I um, donate a lot of different food to different organizations and events and that type of thing. So, you know, it's just looking for unique ways to where you can stand out. Um, those are some of the things that I've really, like niche marketing, um, that's kind of what I enjoy doing. Really identifying what my pro- how my product benefits the different arenas, you know, like with restaurants and stuff like that. Like, I, you know, I look at different um, events to where I can get exposure there are newspaper stories, local events, things like that. Mm. I don't, you know, I don't have big budgets. So it's really important when you're a small company to look at those, educating your fans of how they can help you, your customers, you know, let your customers know how they can help you. A lot of customers will, if they know, if they think, if they realize that you need accounts, then, some, you know, put the call to action out there. Let your customers be your biggest sales force, you know, different things yeah. like that. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm creating a hook and really drawing people in. I've been doing the digital marketing thing for over 18 years and our foundational approach has always been free methods of marketing. And so I, I love that your boots on the ground, you know, grassroots approach. It, it's one of the most powerful ways. Cause like you said, you're, you're getting the customers involved. You're getting the community involved and creating a story around what you're doing is one of the most powerful methods of, of marketing or branding any, any company, not just in hemp, but having a story is so fundamental to the way our brains work that as soon as you have an engaging story, people immediately feel drawn to you and they, they want to be a part of the story or they want to get to know the story or, you know, making ma- making them a part of your story like you said by whether it's creating ambassadors or brand evangelists or whatever you want to call it is a really great tool for for having them do the legwork for you um which are all really valuable insights that I, I appreciate and I'm sure our listeners will as well definitely i have a a curious question 
um, you know, for someone just starting out that maybe doesn't have access to a lot of startup capital uh, versus maybe somebody that does have investment capital and they want to start a hemp company or, or a hemp brand or, you know, launch a hemp product, what advice would you give them to help them succeed and ultimately avoid some of the major challenges that, that are inevitable to face as a hemp business? Like if you were to give kind of two paths or two different ways to, to go about that for someone without the capital and someone with it, what would you recommend? Um, you know, somebody without the capital, um, you know, again, it's just really invoking your customer base, letting your customer base know how they can help you you know, thinking of unique ways to get in, getting into the media. Um, you know, maybe you can't buy a booth, offer to donate products to the, the event itself. Try to find a way, you know, I mean, I, I lived on trade for years. Um, that's pretty much how I did every single event I've ever done is trade and sponsorship in the way of working my tail end off, catering the event, you know, or future things, you know, different things like that. Um, looking for every single aspect and every tiny crack to where you can put your company. It's definitely a long strategy um, because, you know, there's things I did six years ago that the people are calling me now and it's turning into business, Mm -hmm. but it just, you know, it, it just takes a while, but be very careful. Examine. I mean, and this is whether you have money or not, you know, or not just examine everything you do. And see, and I don't mean this selfishly, but if you just do every event that comes your way, then it it can run you thin, whether it's free or not. You know, examine where your wins can be, where your, you know, what your positive gains are, are going to be for, you know, what you're presented, whether it's an event, you know, an expo, sponsorship, really write it down and compare what you're going to gain from this, what the company is going to eventually come out of this. Obviously, there's some things you may do, whether you get business or not, it's just a passion and you do it because you love to do it. That's different than when you're doing something out of where you need to gain the business from. You know, with money, just again, examine what you're doing. Look at, you know, make sure that you're going to get the best benefit for your dollar spent. That's huge because, I mean, I saw, I mean, my launch in the Southern California, I saw $60,000 go away like it was water, you know, pouring through a faucet. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're, when you're looking at demos, you're looking at travel, you're looking at free sales, uh, shipping, you, you know, uh, slotting fees. You know, obviously this pertains to more of the food realm, but, you know, I mean, slotting fees can kill you in the food food world. I mean, think about it. If you've got 20 grocery stores and they each have a $200 slotting fee, I mean, and that's on the low end. Mm-hmm. You know, What is a your, slotting fee for those that a don't slotting, know? A slotting fee is to get shelf. Uh, most, most grocery stores actually charge slotting fees this day and age. Um, doesn't matter if you're small or large. Sometimes you can get around with it. Like I've gotten, but it's basically the shelf space you pay for. Like where it is on the shelf, high, middle, low, Mm -hmm. up high or down low. Middle middle of the shelf is like ideal positioning, right? 
Yeah, I, um, I'd actually rather be at the very bottom than at the very top. Uh, the top mm-hmm. is a killer. Yeah. Um, the bottom, the bottom it can be a killer, but I tell you, I've been in with Whole Foods. I've done a comparison, and the the shelves where I'm at the very top, that those are some of my lowest sales. Um, mm-hmm. I level obviously premium, mm-hmm. and then the bottom is but. You want people can, will grab from the bottom before they'll typically grab from the very, very top. Totally. Um, but yeah. you, just have, you just have to look at all your expenditures because it can be a lot between slotting fees, demos, promotions, distributors. There's not much margin left for the food company. I, and it, it quite frankly, it doesn't matter if you're a hemp company or if you're just <laughs> food in general can be really interesting. But, you know, you, you've just got to watch out for all your ancillary fees. I mean, it's, it, it adds up. I mean, you think no big deal, 5% to a broker. But when you're paying your distributor 25%, you're paying your broker 5%, then the store jacks it up 50%. There's only so much a customer can pay. Exactly. Not to so mention those- food products are perishable. So you have to factor in any loss or potential spoilage that, that could really affect you. So if... If you are just getting into us into this and you don't have money, maybe doing a non-food product that doesn't expire is is a better entry point. But if you do have the money and are willing to invest, like you said, making sure that your ROI is going to be where you need it to be and not overspending and really being careful about your tracking and monitoring and looking at your analytics, looking at where your sales are coming from, where your, you know, your expenses are going out and trying to cut back as much as possible to, to just make those margins as much as they can be with it at the same time, making sure it's still affordable to the customer. Yeah. You know, and one of my biggest pieces of advice is, you know, I've seen people get into the hemp industry out of being passionate about it. I've seen them get into it just for the money. In my opinion, I don't know why anybody would want to do something, especially in this industry per se, unless you are passionate about it. Because first and foremost, I don't think there's one hemp company that has had instant success overnight. Mm-hmm. It may look like it for a few, but there's not one out there. Yeah, and it happens overnight after 10 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, Baki Chai, obviously not hemp. But, you know, she made this, she made Botki Chai in her basement for 15 years before she really even got her first big contracted grocery store account. And everybody thinks Botki Chai like blew up overnight. And it's like, no, not even close. (laughs) Yeah. It takes a lot of focus and dedication and commitment. And no matter who you are, whether it's a hemp business or not, just being an entrepreneur, owning your own business, starting something new, it, it takes a lot of grit and dedication and a lot of no's, you know, being able to handle people turning you down. And it, it takes courage. So I commend you for what you've done thus far. It's really impressive. And I appreciate what you're doing. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it, it's definitely, it has been a true passion. And <laughs> it is my I think my son and he's 15 and I think he would probably tell you he feels like Kempway Foods is a sibling <laughs> yeah no doubt my wife and I don't have children and we say all the time our, our our businesses are our babies no doubt yeah so you know like that, that's the biggest piece of advice that there's just a lot of pain points and something that is not standard you know it, it's niche and it takes a lot to bring it to the forefront. So if you don't love what you do, 
and somebody's just doing it just for the heck of it. Oof, there's just, I don't know. I don't think I'd ever recommend anybody do that, you know, just to get into the hemp industry just for the heck of it. Because it is definitely one of, there's there's a lot of pain points, that, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to see. And in my opinion, I think you have to have a lot of passion and drive for what you're doing in this industry to succeed. I agree. Yeah, without that foundational purpose and clarity of your vision and understanding why you're doing what you're doing, it's easy to lose track of the direction that you're going. And and if you don't have that foundational passion and vision and, and understanding of why you're doing what you're doing, then you can uh, lose track and end up becoming burnt out and, and not be able to get through the tough challenges, the rough waters and navigate through that. But that having that North Star, having that purpose and vision as the foundation is definitely something that we help hemp companies establish with brand strategy and setting up their visions and goals. So that's super valuable. And I totally agree. But to kind of close up our our chat today, which I'm super thankful for, and I'm sure our listeners are going to love your products. Where can people find your products online? Or if they're in Colorado, where are some of the locations they can come pick up Hempway Foods burgers? Um, so in, we're currently, we are only available in uh, Colorado. We've taken a little bit of a step back for hyper-local hyper again, just refocusing on our mission and kind of getting back to the core values. You know, we definitely plan to beef up, no pun intended, to, to hemp up our yes. uh, offerings outside of Colorado eventually as funding comes available. But uh, currently, we we should be back on the Whole Foods shelves in a couple, I'm hoping in the next month. We've done real well in Whole Foods all over Colorado. We had a packaging change, and so we're waiting for a cut called a cut-in. Uh, so to be cut back in their planograms. But feel free to talk to the Whole Foods staff and managers Um like promotion always helps with our customers getting us in the door. Um, but Lucky's Market, uh, we're available in most of like the private independent uh, co-ops and things like that, like Mother's Market in Colorado Springs, uh, Lucky's in Boulder. And we have a lot of restaurants throughout Colorado that we're in the Boulder Country Club in Boulder, Colorado, uh, Cooper's on the Creek in Georgetown, uh, Cactus Jack's and Blackbird Cafe in Evergreen. You can visit hempwayfoods.com for an updated list, which that reminds me I need to update my website uh, to reflect just Colorado now. But um, we expect, I'm hoping in the next four weeks to get back on the shelves in Whole Foods. But again, our customers are our best sales force. So Mm -hmm. if you want to Hempway Foods somewhere, send me a message, info at hempwayfoods.com. Talk to the manager, talk to the frozen food buyer, talk to the restaurant owner and chef. I mean, we, yeah. we love referrals. That's how we grow. I mean, one of my, I, I've been in Boulder Country Club for a little over a year and the head chef had been looking for a veggie burger for six months. Couldn't find one because he was not going to get beyond. He was not going to get impossible. Um, mm-hmm. And he just wasn't really happy with the offerings out there because our slogan is not schmeat. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're clean. Yeah. And so he, he even, he was like, and he goes, one of my, they said that your slogan was not Schmeet. And so I looked into you, but it was a customer that's been buying right. my food years that eats at the Boulder Country Club, couldn't get the ve- the veggie burger they wanted. And they were tired of getting salads. Mm-hmm. And um, so they brought me in and yeah, I mean, I'm, 
it goes off the charts in there. I mean, their customers love it. So nice. again, that's, you know, that's, that's my best sales force is my customers. Cause I can tell a chef all day long how great it is, but boy, when this, when a customer. Mm-hmm. A lot better tells, to have the, the pull than the push. Yes. Yes. I love referrals. I love recommendations. I will try my best to get it into wherever I possibly can. Nice. And if someone has like a hemp boutique store or a little mom and pop health food store somewhere in the U.S., can they go to your website as well to place like wholesale orders or how does, how does that work? Do you have distribution networks they can find you in? Frozen shipping is a financial beast. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I, I have one place that I ship to outside of Colorado. And it's a it's a, actually a restaurant in Sandpoint, Idaho. It's a brewery. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they pay through the nose for shipping because I, I, there's just no way I could pay for it because it's, I, I would yeah. lose money. You know, mm-hmm. but they pay through the nose for shipping, but it's, it, it means a lot to them. And I I don't charge them for coolers or ice packs and things like that. I upcycle things like that. And I, I've managed the best way I can to keep their prices, you know, as effective as possible. But I, I'm always researching avenues for this. I've got a couple of possibilities that could work for accounts to where they can have it shipped to them. It's just going to take more than four or five of these accounts, though. So I, I kind of keep a running list of who's interested. And then once I get enough demand, I've got some options to where this could be feasible. But right now, just having like three places to ship to, I can't really get a third party frozen mm-hmm. shipper for that. But gotcha. as it builds and the demand builds, then that realm can be possible. But individual frozen is just it, it's cost prohibited i mean it's it's yeah. 70 it's about 70 dollars for me to send my product today about 35 pounds yeah it's outrageous mm-hmm. and i mean granted i get it's direct you're not having to pay the distributor fees and things like that but again well, that makes distrib- sense i mean yeah for now we just have to uh keep driving that demand and hopefully once you get into the whole foods um cut in again then people can go get you there. Exactly. So as a uh, a parting question to wrap everything up, I always like to ask our uh, hemp entrepreneurs that come on the show, if, if you were to stand on a stage and have an opportunity to speak to every human being on the planet, what would you share with them as it relates to hemp? But hemp can literally change our world, but we have to change with it. We can't be as a dispensable of a society as we've gotten used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can change a little bit and allow it, hemp can change our world. It can be our pla- it can be our plastics replacement. It can be food, clothing. I mean, it can our housing. Mm-hmm. It can literally change our lives, but we have to change with it too. That is so profound. I love that. I'm going to start repeating that everywhere. Hemp can change our world, but we have to change with it. That's beautiful. Thank you. Well, it's been an honor, Carla. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, go to hempwayfoods.com. Check them out. Support them. Go to their socials and let them know what you feel. And um, can't wait to have you all on the next hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio. This is your hemp entrepreneurial host, Tyler Hemp, here to hemp power your hemposphere. Thank you so much for tuning in.